0: Hey guys, welcome to Bud Lamb Talks, where with resources and stories, we hope to encourage you to know, love, and enjoy God, to follow Him with your heart, and to love like Jesus. Hey, we want to welcome you tonight, today, to this uh, initial podcast of Bud Lamb Talks. Um, I have the privilege of uh, being on the on a Zoom call right now with uh, Dr. Aaron Carr um, in um, Atlanta, Georgia. And so uh, Uh, Aaron's great to have you why don't you tell me what's on your mind
1: hey great to be here it's just uh, crazy we get a chance to talk and um, just have a chance to take a deep breath you know after uh, maybe even a busy day Um, yep absolutely you know one of the things that we've we've kind of been discussing kind of over the last year is um just you know, um, I think the big theme is you know how do we you know enjoy God and then love others uh, like Jesus, and um, especially with um, with COVID and what's going on with COVID. And I kind of think of it of the whole COVID situation is kind of like for all of us, but at different levels. It's almost like the wind has been completely taken out of ourselves. Um, and like, you know, you can kind of think of it, like we've been sailing along on a ship and then the wind is gone. Um, so what do we do? You know, we're stuck we may have some holes in the ship, We may need to repair those holes, but we only have the people who's on, the, are on the ship with us. And, um, uh, sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad, but I think what you and I have really enjoyed over the last year with our conversations is just that, um, you know, we've had a lot more limited interactions and a lot of times just with, our own conversation, it gives a sense of like, um, some sense of, of normalcy and or normalcy. Um, but you and I were also talking um, about, you know, what do podcasts do for us in this time? And, and I've listened to a lot of podcasts by more over the last year than I have in a while. And, you know, just sometimes a simple podcast of just two people talking, um, just helps me um, get a sense that hey, these are two people who are going through the same things that I'm going through. And it just helps me feel like, hey, everything's going to, maybe it's going to be okay. And um, in a sense that um, I'm normal for the way I'm thinking and kind of feeling. Um, and anyway, that's just kind of what's going on in my head tonight. And just kind of appreciate the opportunity for us to talk.
0: Yeah, you know, um, it's funny you mentioned that. If you look at it, over the last year, you and I have had somewhere between 26 and 30 half an hour or 45 minute phone conversations over the whole year and 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 so in in a very real sense you and i've had you know been step for step in a bunch of stuff in in looking and talking about these kinds of things and it's amazing how many how many light bulbs and aha moments and it's like oh my gosh i am not alone with this thought or this feeling and and so that's basically what we what we would like to help create right now. You know, it's like you guys out there, you are not alone. The things that you're struggling with, the things that you're you're uh, you're celebrating, you're not alone in it. And and this uh this COVID thing has a way of well, the word I use for it is the word wilderness. It's a place we've never been before, and 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 it's unfamiliar and it's uh both scary and terrifying, but it's also in some ways wonderful and exciting Um, but um, it it is it is a wilderness and and to go into it and be uh, 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 dealing with this primarily alone is not a good thing it's it's just not a good thing so I'm glad that we're we're just starting off right now tonight with just a a straight up conversation you know I know you I've known you for like 10 years or so I'm just going to round it off to that but right. tell 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 the folks that are listening on here a little bit about who you who you are and how you got here and uh, kind of like where we met and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so um, so I'm a so I'm a general surgeon. I, I have um, you know kind of an interest in doing. I do a lot of robotic surgery and uh, pe- and anti reflux surgery and weight loss surgery. Um, and so that's kind of like what I do. And then when I'm not working, I think what I really enjoy doing is. Have outdoor adventures, but especially um, you know figuring out ways of getting my family involved in kind of outdoor adventures. Um, So that's kind of what I what I do now and um, live right now in Georgia. But when we met, um, I had just finished my training and I was kind of in my first um, job, um, and it was at a university. Um, It was it was fantastic. It was one of the best jobs I could probably have starting out. But with any new job, there's always a lot of pressure, and um, and so and and with that kind of pressure, you you have this kind of mindset of, you know, I've had been in a season of working eighty to hundred hours and training, and then I get out. I'm not working that much, but you still kind of have that drive to just keep pushing, keep going, uh, doing everything you can to do the best um, as, as with what you can at your job, um, but. Um, It also depletes you. You know, you can only run at that type of level for so long. And so, you and I met um, through um, a um, a men's group, a men's Bible study, the Thirty Three Series. It was fantastic at church.
0: That's
1: right. And um, and I had a convers was having a conversation with someone. I think that you overheard, and then you and I ended up going out for coffee. And in that um, interaction, I'll I'll never forget. In El Dorado Hills, we were. at at Pete's Coffee, overlooking just this, you know, just beautiful, as in typical California, you know, Sierra Nevada Mountains, overlooking the valley into Sacramento, um, and, you know, beautiful weather, but then we were having just some deep conversations just about life, and um, you kind of challenged me to, hey, let's read this book. I think you may have already been reading it, but um, Leading on Empty, Um, and through that process of just reading that book with you, I think, um, the the concept that I needed um, to plan rest and recovery in my schedule was so foreign to me. I I that you know I kind of understood it in some ways with um, physical activity and physical exercise, which I joy, But to think about that in regards to work, or maybe even in family or in other areas of life, was so foreign. Um, But as you and I began to work through that also became uh, very refreshing. Um, And that's kind of how we met. And then um, through the years, we've um, been, you know, active in other men's groups. But um, can I jump in here?
0: Can I jump in here real quick and say to kind of to kind of take it back my story um, two years prior to to you and I meeting? Mm -hmm. I I had come home from um, from church. I'm a pastor in a church, folks. And uh, uh, on, uh, and I, I took a nap uh, on that Sunday morning and, and um, it was two years before we met and I took a nap and, and I, I was afraid. I did not want my wife to come in and say, what are you taking a nap for? Um, uh, the truth is, I didn't want to even I didn't know why I was taking a nap. Um, um, but what I came came to realize was that what I really wanted to do is I wanted to get in my truck and drive north. I just, I didn't want, I I was done. I felt like I was done. I was out of gas. I had, I was confused. I was stalled. I was drifting as a human, as a man, as a pastor. And I didn't know what to do. I had, I was at my wits end. And, and um fortunately Leanne and I had planned to go to, to Hawaii for uh, a week with uh, some friends of ours. And so I, I, I limped through that week, <laughs> and uh, leaving my, leaving my office, I my scanned my my library there, and there was this one book called Leading on Empty, that a guy had given me two years before, but I I had never read it, you know, but the title got a hold of me, and and so I I took that book with me, and and uh, as it turns out, I felt like the guy was absolutely inside my soul. <laughs> When he was writing that book, and he depicted this this uh, this process in a very visceral way, a very relatable way, um, about how he hit this place and it t- came to a fork in the road. And if you remember in the book, he he talks about um, coming to terms with our our humanity, and then either we go one direction at that fork in the road, and we we, we begin to disassemble and reassemble our, our, ourselves on 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 a very micro level and we take a look at the things that we've been influenced by and how we're in, and how are responding to that we 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 take a very long time in reflection and renewal and 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 uh, restructuring you either we do that either we restructure and get things um, moving on the right direction or we go south. We go dark. We go under. We go to a place and go to places that we find that we can't get back from. And 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 what that got for me was was uh, kind of a roadmap and a pathway to rebuilding something that was broken inside of me. So when you and I met, I was just getting my training wheels off, and I, I was excited because I was like a beggar and I found some food and here's another beggar and he's looking for food and wow. So when we met I don't even know if you realize it I was as uh I was as hungry for companionship in that process as perhaps you were.
1: Yeah maybe so I think from my perspective um you know you you kind of you were the you know the uh, um the you know pastor of the church and so um I was looking at the relationship I think at that time as um, more um, uh more i'm seeking the sage getting it, it you know advice and um and in this path um but you were so approachable you you um you know you you, sh- you uh, unlike some people in leadership who may be um have, it seems have may project an image of having it all figured out or or um uh you were you, i felt like you were kind of in in the cut kind of in the muck with me like saying no i've been where you are but come with me here's a better way and so um to me that was uh in those interactions it was always encouraging it's like mm-hmm. yeah life sometimes can be busy and overwhelming but um you know there's a there's a way to do life um, better you know yeah. so
0: so so a little bit after that um uh you i can't remember there was a kind of a gap uh, we we met for a while, talked for a while, and then then we we started a, a ministry called Celebrate Recovery at at Rolling Hills, and um, and that was uh, and that was under my watch, and I I was kind of a uh, you know I was kind of the guy that uh, was overseeing it, but wasn't really engaged, okay, and so and uh, so I was at a point then looking back now I was in deep denial. And I had no idea of of how much I needed, celebrate recovery. In fact, I really look back on. it. I think we brought CR to, to Rolling Hills for me, <laughs> because I went to the meetings. You know, there was this large meeting. We'd started off like a typical twelve um, uh, step meeting, and we'd uh, we recite the Serenity Prayer. And here I am sitting in a in a uh, in a room with uh, forty or fifty folks that are there. Because they're one of them, they need recovery, and I'm the pastor that's that's just there to make sure they don't do anything stupid or what i you know, or, and uh, so about eight weeks into this re- reciting the Serenity Prayer, I read I come upon this phrase that I'm, the prayer actually says God I, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change it and the whole prayer begins with asking God to help us help me. And then this phrase that says, accepting hardship is a pathway to peace and taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is rather, you know, I mean, I looked at that phrase and I said, I don't, I don't really want that. I don't want to accept hardship. I've never thought of accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. I've, I've thought about hardship as something to avoid at all costs. And that cracked open my denial system about um, pornography, um, about how I think about things, about other character defects, because so much of this acting out of my life has been because I don't wanna experience hardship as a pathway to peace. I want peace at any cost, whether I have to be a people pleaser, or a self-pleaser, honestly. I mean, honestly, when it comes right down to it, and so, uh, so that's when I think you and I resurfaced probably for the second time because uh, you had a. We saw each other at, at that meeting as well.
1: Right, right. So I had done um, where I was before. I had done like twelve-step um, recovery um, group before, but had never really been into it, uh, mainly because um, you know, kind of, you get caught by your wife doing things that you shouldn't do. Um, and then to, uh, avert, to, uh, mitigate consequences, you know, you kind of, you know, you do what you're, you're trying to avoid pain, right? That's what we do. Try to avoid pain, try to take an easier route. Um, so for me, it was one of those things where I felt like, you know, I needed to go to a group and get plugged in with men who were going to be real and authentic. Um, but, um, I still wanted to be able to do it on my own without help, um, and so for me the group was like um, I knew I needed to go, but I didn't really want to go. Um, but um, but it's kind of funny because every because you would always start the meeting off, um, and um, and I don't you, I didn't never notice you weren't that engaged in it, but because what I noticed was is um, no matter how I was feeling, something about you always would say something different, but whatever, every time you would talk is just like, I felt like things were going to be okay. Um, uh, and you had that, that ability in the group with the men that we were with. To we, When you talked, it was like, Hey, things are going to be okay. Like you've been through stuff too. We've all been through stuff, but you know, we can with, you know, we can get through this together with God's help, you know, who knows? So I always went to it reluctantly. And, you know, it was, I didn't, I, you know, wouldn't want people to know that I went to, it, it was kind of, is it nighttime? I kind of sneak into it, you know, sneak yep. in the back. Yeah, <laughs> But, um, but that was kind of, I guess, the second, second time we kind of started um, interacting some.
0: Right. And that was, that was, uh, that was a great season. That was a great yeah. season of, of growing, you know, inside and, 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 and it was quite frankly, it was the beginning of, of, uh, of, of, of breaking through as a human for me finally, you know, to get, to get sobriety over something that had been chasing me for years. And, um, and then not only that to have sobriety around that plus alcohol and drugs as part of my past, um, but to have the, the serenity that accompanies that um, that was uh, terrific. Probably, probably my recovery, you know, takes a few more steps in that. And that is that I, used to joke around that I'm, I'm am i I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. And I, and I struggle with addiction to Oreos and, you know, and, uh, and chocolate chip cookies and um, Ruffles potato chips. And, and uh, so I used to joke around with that, but then, then I started finding myself dealing with anger and passive aggressive behavior and lying. Those other kind of equally uh, vile and vicious um, um, character defects, and so so the uh, God used that time that we shared together to to help me um, truly get into a, a posture and a place of recovery, of human recovery, like Jesus talked about in Luke four. Um, when he said the spirit of god is upon me he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor recovery of sight to the blind and proclaim the year of jubilee you know i mean that that kind of deep recovery most of us most churches most us as humans we really pay lip service to that kind of recovery to the soul or we kind of dream about it but we've never begin to move into it and for me that's that's part of what what uh, cr was for me it was the very beginning of that which has been part of my um trajectory of my life ever since well having okay um let me shift gears a little bit because there was a third season um to our um our coming together and that was when we um started uh chatting on a on a regular basis at least a couple years ago um tell me what was happening where so you had moved then from El Dorado Hills to, to, to Atlanta.
1: Um, right, so then, so we had, I, you know, we had, um, in California, um, we ended up having um, three children in California, which was amazing because um, we were coming into California, um, struggling with you know infertility issues, and who knows if we could, my wife and I, my wife Meredith and I could have kids. We're also having um, relational problems. Then we had three children um, while we were in California over um, like a five year period. So um, so no longer struggling with infertility, which is great. But now we have three children, um, and so just a lot of things aligned to allow us to go back home, get closer to family, um, which was great. Um, but um, we you know really love California. We had some of our closest friends in California, so it was. Um, even though we were coming technically back home, I think our closest friends were still in California. So it was very hard. It was, we, um, even though we grew up in the Southeast, it was still, um, we were in a, in a smaller uh, city than we had lived before. And so there was a lot of kind of cultural adjustments. So um, for me, talking with you was like a, was, was kind of like a lifeline, a reminder of, um, mm of that connection of, honestly, our, we felt like, um, you know, our sole state is kind of California, even though we're from the Southeast, it was just the time for Meredith and I both to grow as people, um, uh, together and, um, you know, have some major life changes with children, with growth, um, and with friendship. Um, and so to, to leave that, um, you know it was really hard. Um it, it was clearly the right thing to do. But so having um kind of avenue to kind of talk with you again and us to talk a little more regularly, it was for me, it was um it was it was I needed that at that time. It was just fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, because uh, uh about the same time you moved uh to to uh to Atlanta I moved from El Dorado Hills to Santa Cruz County. I mean and so so it was uh it was a wilderness, uh, a dual wilderness. Um, and then, uh, then I think um, last January and February, we we walked um, together through this. Um, this what what did not start out to be a wilderness or or crisis, or chaos. But um, every week it seemed like it the. Clouds thickened and it got darker and the heaviness and the uncertainty and and we started, um, you know, sharing uh, bits of ideas on how to how to cope and how to thrive. And and uh, it wasn't maybe a couple months ago, you and I started talking about what you know about men and we started thinking about, you know, taking the eye off of ourselves and thinking about men that are in uh, in Montana or in, or in Wyoming and, or South Carolina and Florida the guys that are, uh, um, are more isolated now than ever before. Um, and, and, you know, us guys, we have a hard time breaking out of isolation, even pre COVID, you know, we were all loners and we were all keeping secrets and, and we may have had a few casual friendships, but those golf foursomes have gone away now. And so, uh, uh, when you when you think about um, yourself and uh, the men in your uh, circle of influence, and then your larger circle of concern, the 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 guys, what what are you um, what are you sensing? Uh, twenty twenty was for them, in uh, in in a in a positive way. Did you see any positive things in your life and the, and people around you that COVID was in the wilderness then?
1: Yeah, I think um you know um there there have been a lot of, of positive things that like can we can we mentioned earlier just kind of like our generalized um you know uh frenetic pace with life and um you know covid kind of put a br- put brakes on that um and you know in some ways um you know the 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 first part of um of any kind of growth or, or or kind of really realizing what's important is sometimes when, um, when you face, you know, real life uncertainty, then you begin to realize kind of what's important. Um, it was actually kind of interesting just tonight on the nightly news, um, they were um, interviewing this um, young uh, lady who, um, she contracted covid two weeks before she was supposed to deliver her her baby and she had a severe form um of covid 19 and she was on a ventilator and so they had to do an emergency c-section and then the baby was delivered safely but then she was on life support um uh, for 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 many weeks after that and then finally was able to come home and see her baby and and i just i love kind of um you know her quote. Um, you know about that situation um, was um, was just um, I think kind of what we all are kind of experiencing right now. Um, and um, I, uh, I was trying to actually I had written the quote down because it was um, it was kind of so impactful. Um, and I'm trying to find it right now because I wrote it down. Um, but I can't find it in, in the. Um, in the thing, but her, her point was that, um, you know, she realized that what was really important in life was right in front of her all along, right? And that's all she needed was just her family and 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 her new baby. Um, and I think that's kind of how a lot of us feels from the positive side of it is that we were in this phonetic pace of all of these external things, which, um, you know, really didn't matter as much as we thought they did. I, I kind of joke that um, when we had the lockdowns, I realized that um, pretty much 90% of what I did outside of the home and work was non essential. Um, <laughs> but I think, right? So, um, but, so, to me, like that's the positive aspects of it is just being able to, um, you know, see what really is actually important. It's those relationships in our lives that are really important. Um, and I think all the, the guys that I meet with, I think all everyone kind of echoes that, um, you know, the other thing is uh, what common thing is, you know, in the phonetic pace that we have, people are, you know, inviting you to things and you're over committing to things. And um, in some ways, it's kind of nice to have a good excuse to say, hey, we can't get together now, you know, to have to have a break from that. And it's, you know, um, it's like we feel this pressure that we have to say yes to people or maybe they won't accept us or like us, but, and some people feel like in some ways um, not having that pressure in some ways, like a weight has been lifted off and too, you know, so. Yeah,
0: I can relate to that. Awesome. Yeah. I enjoyed that. It, you know, in one sense, I was talking with a guy today, um, pre COVID, my world was getting larger. Mm-hmm. You know, I would travel more. I could go place. I had more, my, my wings, my wingspan was wide, you know, but over the last year, my world has gotten smaller and my, my community, my circle of influence has actually gotten smaller. It's, it's the, it's my neighbors, it's my wife, you know, it's our, it's our most immediate kinds of things. Um, and, and things have gotten functionally simpler and smaller. And, and I, I, th- I think that's a good thing. I've heard that from a ton of people, you know, like you were saying, we're not saying yes to stuff that we feel obligated to go to. You're, you have some margin in our lives probably for the first time ever. Heck, I was talking to a, friend, a mutual friend of ours up in El Dorado Hills with two kids and uh, because he's now uh, working at home and probably will be permanently for the rest of his career now because they figured it out. And so he's figured out that he's able to get a bunch of his work done in the morning before 10 o'clock and take his family to the park for an hour or two, bring them home in time for nap time. Then he goes back and hits it again with his work. And that's a that's a bonus. All right, It's a big one. So on the negative side of stuff, what comes up for you when you think on the negative side of, of, the, of the COVID wilderness?
1: Yeah, I think um, you know. There's uh, there's a certain uncertainty about things. I noticed that um, you know initially with the lockdowns, we didn't. I didn't. Get, we didn't get together with. um I had a group of friends that we would regularly meet with, and we were very close. So we didn't get together for a while. Then we did video chat, but and our when we um, when we would start initially start with just the video chat and. It was amazing at with since within there's, you know, cause the information is constantly changing initially in the pandemic um, and there's so much uncertainty when we would initially just get together and talk on the, uh, through uh, our video chatting. Um, I mean, everyone likes the first, like almost the entire time they were just, everybody's just unloading all of this um, kind of pent up um, stress with the uncertainty of things. Just everyone's just talking COVID and, you know, what do you think? What's going on? <laughs> um, and it was, you could just sense that um, it, everyone, you know, we're kind of like isolated now. Um, you know, we do have a little more margin, but like everyone's brain is just spinning uh, uh, as far as the uncertainty. And it's like, a, um, we're, we're grasping um, uh, information as a way kind of to have a pseudo sense of security um, about yes. what's going on. And so it's just like an exchange of information when we would talk is, you know, it was a way of venting and a way of, I think, trying to um, grasp or, you know, get some type of control in a situation that we had no control in. Right. Um, and so the thing, the problem though is when you're in an uncertain time is I think you, you tend to fall back on maybe those old patterns of behaving and relating that may not necessarily be healthy. Um, and uh, I'll tell you for sure, um, uh, the beginning of the pandemic, one of the, one, of the, one of the great things about the pandemic, which, you, which I like, my wife and I did, both of us did, is in our area, we had, we had drive-through liquor stores. <laughs> so the liquor stores, so you could just, so my wife loved it because she could pull up in her minivan, even with the kids in the back. And you could just put your order into the liquor store, and they would bring it out to you. So, <laughs> so again, habits that you old habits that you would go back to, since some things became very much more accessible, alcohol, or you right. know, if, you know, um, I would be interesting to look on Google. I'm sure we could um, and see kind of what the porn use rates did during that time. I'm sure they were skyrocketing. You well, know, you know, so. on
0: that right there, I heard on yeah. on a radio show that. Uh, um, um, uh, MasterCard, maybe not MasterCard Visa, but, but, but huge credit card companies were, were, uh, 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 stopped being the method of exchange on the major porn sites. They just refused. They're not going to, they're not going to allow their, their, uh, credit card company to be used to, to purchase that. So it would probably probably be a good indicator that it went through the roof, and and the uh, credit card company said, no, we don't want to associate with that. We don't with all the stuff going on. But yeah, it would not surprise me. I know um, the uh, the wolf has been at the door with me, right. and it's been it's been a you know like I like I hate to say it, but it's a it's a dog fight. It's a it's a bare knuckle fight to maintain serenity and sobriety in the midst of this uh this present darkness you know um i had a friend that we uh that i asked him about this and he and and his his response was uh it's uh it's hyper everything that we experienced pre covid is now hyper whether it's a a a, a marriage that is kind of l- Lukewarm or cooling. It's cooling faster now. Things are more critical. The judgment factor is 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 bigger. Um, um, it, it's just hyper. It's uh it's hyper. Everything. It's sped up. Um, a pastor friend of mine in Florida used the word. He said the word. Covid is a magnifier. It's a magnifier for men. Uh, in their marriage and parenting. Uh, They haven't had the escape route of going to the office or the job site. So it's magnified the fact that the husband is now in the wife's domain of parenting in many cases. And the wife's going, "I I had this handle. This is the dance that we do here. And this is the way we parent. And now the husband's coming in wanting to do this. And so you can just see the conflict building in that that just is a... Uh, an unintended consequence of the uh, um, uh, sheltering in place. Um, so, um, yeah, the idea that that all the problems and issues that we had before are now just on steroids. Um, and, you know, I think it's also complicated the fact that it doesn't appear that there's this, as a the kind of a breakthrough, an end in sight. You know, I think the earlier part of the year, you know, 2020, it's like, we're still settling into this. Well here now when we move into 2021, with the ongoing political and economic uncertainty, like John Eldred said, you know, we haven't had a chance to heal from 2020 yet, and yet we've still got this monumental wilderness experience in front of us. And so it can have this way of deep, deep um, maybe depression that that, that says, you know, the things that we're, we're looking for, you know, in fact, that's one of the questions I wanted to talk about, you know, like, where are we looking for stability? Where are we looking for certainty and direction and inner peace as men? You know, that I think is a great uh, rhetorical question, but one, one that, that would be good for each one of us to, to kind of ponder on, you know, what am I looking at? You know, am I, Am I looking at this uh um the the what do you help me um what is the medicine that's coming out?
1: Oh um you're talking about the uh vaccines the vaccine. or yes. Vaccine. Yes. yes. Yes, yes, okay, yeah. yes, the vaccines. we're looking at
0: that, you know, right to help us. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh we're looking for the government to take strong leadership to bring the good old days back, you know, and and um, um yeah, so where how how would you answer that? Where what are we looking for? Where are we, What are you seeing?
1: Well, so um well, well I think that's where the um you know, I think that's where we're um we talk about the kind of how the uncertainty and the angst and the fear comes in is because um you know for me, I, I was prior to COVID. I was looking to my job, my paycheck, my success, my physical fitness, my, you know, qualities of a, as a husband, my you know leadership as a father. These like uh, more actually external things um, as a as a means for peace, as a means for filling um, uh, that void, kind of in, in that inner self that you know says, you you know, you got to prove yourself. I was looking to these external things. Well, with COVID, a lot of those things are kind of taken away. So now I'm just left with in the quiet moments dealing with that inner emptiness. And so what do I go to, you know? Um, And um, do, do I, in that stillness, do I look to God? Do I look to building relationships or do I just settle back in those old patterns of maybe going to porn, going to alcohol? Um, And so um, I think that is in those, it's those quiet moments that are the scariest because we have to face our inner demons. Um, and, um, And I think that's kind of where we are now. It's, we've, you know, we're talking about, we feel like, 2021 is just a, is just it feels like a continuation of 2020. Like it's just 20 2021 is not a new year. It's just a continuation mm-hmm. um, of 2020. Um, and um, and now it's I you know, I think it, you start saying, hey, this may be a little bit longer haul than we thought. You know, I'm not going to get that. We may not have this external relief of this pressure that we were hoping for. Um, And I think you're right. We can kind of settle into a little depression as to now now I have to face these demons. And what do I do? And who do I look to for that? Yeah,
0: I was thinking of the kind of in that same aim light. I was today I was thinking about the the story of the Exodus of uh, in the Bible um, where um, God's people um, uh, had left the familiar, which was Egypt. This was like, you know, 3000 years ago. You know, they left the familiar where which was bondage it wasn't as was it was kind of like pleasantville you know it was nice on the outside but on the inside it was hard you know but at yeah. least as a familiar hard and yeah. and uh it, there, there was a certain amount of certainty to it and predictability and rhythm to their bondage and their slavery to egypt um but god saw them and heard them and he 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 remembered his his bigger picture view of of humanity and so he he led them out into the wilderness and uh that was a 40-year period of them wandering in the wilderness and um uh, so and, and and so this uh, uh i make i i like the word wilderness to, that describes our current situation because it is it's very similar to this you know we've all left something that was familiar um in many ways it was very very good for us in many ways there were some. Some negative stuff to that, like you were talking about, saying yes to stuff and, you know, being harried and hurried and all that kind of stuff. And so the interesting thing about this wilderness experience for the for the for the the people of Israel during that time was that their their intimacy with God grew. They became uh, a nation that was uh, that embraced God and his values individually men and women and families grew in their in their faith and understanding of who god was not out of the wilderness but they actually grew that way in it and and to me that is the uh, the biggest hope that we have of this is that the inner peace that we ultimately long for no matter how we're acting out or doing any of this kind of stuff, that inner peace that we hope for truly can be found in the midst of this chaos. And that is the hope. that is the hope. Um, there's an even an even an large, even larger hope that, that I, I think um, is important to to be mindful of. and that is um, God is not surprised at what's going on. And uh, in fact, Jesus uh, predicted it. He talked about it. He, I mean, he he wrote. He he. he, It's like, don't be surprised when this stuff happens. And so here it is. That's happening. And yet we're, we continue to find ourselves getting amped up at all this stuff that we hear on the media. And um, well, that getting amped up, you know, doesn't do us any good. But when we when we pause and take a look at, um. God followers for all generations have been going through these seasons of wilderness. And we we're like these people that are are that walk into a movie. We're born. You know, we're like these people that walk into a movie forty five minutes after it started. And as children, you and I took our p's and Q's from our parents that were trying to make sense out of the world because they were dropped into this movie. You know, 42 minutes after it started, and they didn't have any sense of what was really going on. So they just shared little bits that they thought that they heard from somebody else. And the truth is, is that there is an epic story that's unfolding. And this epic story starts in eternity past with God, the Father, God, the Son and God, the Holy Spirit. Enjoying perfect harmony together in eternity past. We can't even get our heads around that. You don't even read about that ex- expressly in the Bible. And then there was a season in eternity past that that, that, that sin entered, you know, the, the perfect humanity or the, the perfect spiritual Godhead in the form of Satan and his minions because they were angels that wanted it to run a different way. And then God created everything here on the planet. That's where we pick it up in Genesis chapter one. And then sin, sin enters humanity when Adam and Eve take a bite of the apple and things start going downhill and God's plan to, for redemption comes into place. And we see that through through all of the Old Testament. And there's a prophecy of a savior that's going to come and set things straight. And Jesus comes, lives a perfect life, dies on the cross to, Raises to heaven and entrusts this next season to the to the church and people like you and me. And there's a place where at some point in time Jesus comes back and and sets all things straight. Well, we're we are someplace in that place between when Jesus ascended and when Jesus comes back. And people have been saying these are the times that Jesus is going to be coming back for two thousand years they said it 2000 years ago. The apostle Paul thought Jesus was going to come back any moment, you know? <laughs> Just like preachers are actually saying right now, Jesus is coming back. Well, yeah. No need to get anxious and amplified about that. We don't know when, and they didn't know when, but we do know it's going to happen. And so I think I think the 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 key that that we that I'm I'm working through in my humanity is, uh, is to, uh, is to focus on uh, knowing and and enjoying God and, and, and living like he, he intends us to do, which means be patient with people, um, be kind, have compassion on them. I, I have a a neighbor up the street who. um, Who's just an old sourpuss Italian, <laughs> and um, every time I see him, he has something negative. And one day he'll have his American flag hanging upside down, and then the next day he'll have it hanging, you know, right side up. And and uh, he he just has sour stuff to say. And there's a part of me that says, I just don't want to walk by his house anymore but he's 80 years old. He doesn't have anybody to talk to other than, you know, the commentators on the TV and I can listen to him. I can listen to him and he has someone to talk to. And um, that's a little bit of kindness, you know, and I think part of going back to this idea that I have is that like our worlds are getting smaller. And that means we have an opportunity to really, if we, if we're a little mindful of it we can we can bring the kingdom of heaven to the to people in our in our in our homes in our workplace just by simple acts of kindness and listening and and patience and so anyway um boy i sure got off on that Aaron. um take uh, the was, microphone that, from me yeah,
1: no no i want you to keep going that was uh you know that was that was, that was uh encouraging you know i think. Um, you know, what What I kind of teed in on is, is kind of, you know, toward the end, we were talking about, you know, Jesus and his teachings. And, you know, I think we forget, um, you know, just how, um, how shocking his teachings were, how revolutionary they were. I mean, he was a rebel. Um, and he was um, coming to basically turn the system upside down, the system of human relations and the way we interact with people. And, um, you know, I think, one of the things that was kind of going through my mind about you're talking about the wilderness that we're in, well, the I think the important question that we need to ask ourselves is, what, you know, you talk about you're in the middle of a move, movie and that we're dropped in the middle of it, but the question is, I think, what story are we telling ourselves about our current situation? I think that's what Jesus said when he came. Is he said, you know. Um, I'm going to show you a a different way of living. And the way I want to start is um, changing the framework from which you view your story. And what he said was, he said, you are accepted as you are. Mm. Let that sink in and then go to your neighbor and do likewise. Mm. So, I mean, that is revolutionary right there, right? And, and it gives us a completely different framework to look at what's going on, where we see in chaos, we see opportunities um, where they weren't, they weren't there before because we were so concerned with being accepted, fitting in, am I okay? And Jesus says, you're okay. Now go and spread that. Yes. Yeah you know um and so um and so i think he's, he's jesus starts off by just completely changing the framework of our story um and um and so what story are we are we telling ourselves in the middle of this covid wilderness
0: well yeah you know it goes back to to something i write about in my book you know book. In, in chasing the sage we talk about um uh, this movement from orphan to son and all of us have some kind of functional orphan that's going on inside of us because when it when it boils right down to it to virtually i think everybody on the planet if we don't have a a strong god connection we are functional orphans thinking it's it's all up to us and the weight of that The weight of that is stunning staggering because if i don't have any higher power to lean into sooner or later we do reach the point where we come to terms with the fact that i don't have i don't have enough you know capacity or resources to deal with this weight and um, that is a place of hopelessness and you're right what jesus does is he comes and says I I I will adopt you I will call you as my son and because of that you gain all the resources of the king of the universe
1: right
0: and that is the that is the better story to have isn't it
1: right and it's it's almost as though he lifts that like we were carrying this weight and he just that 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 story that um, narrative lifts that burden off of uh, our shoulders and because now we have this burden lifted off of us it makes it so much easier in life um it makes it so much easier to be with that difficult person it makes us so much easier to be in a difficult marriage or with Mm -hmm. uh, with children which so many times are, are difficult and um you know, and in all those situations, just it, it makes it where we can have a certain lightness to our step, even in um, situations that we cannot control. With yeah. Having a child with special needs or just we could continue to name the innumerable situations that we all face.
0: Yes. Well, you know, um, when we uh, when you and I talk on the phone uh, um, each week, we we do reach a point where where one yeah. of us looks at their watch and go, "I gotta go." <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm going to put you on yeah. the spot, but will you will, will you pray us out the door here, and right. and then I'll close this up.
1: Sounds good. Oh, heavenly Father, we just thank you that um, you know, we have a, we have um, someone to come to even when we have nothing else. Um, we thank you, um, thank you, um, that a lot of times we have each other. Um, sometimes maybe we haven't noticed that other person that we have in our lives, or um, we don't appreciate, um, what we have. We just thank you for, um, this time that I have with Bud tonight, uh, to just discuss kind of really how we're doing and what we're thinking with all the changes we've had over the last year. Um be with us, and help us rewrite um, the narrative of our lives independent of our circumstances. Mm. Jesus' name we pray.
0: Amen. 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 Hey, uh, Aaron, it was good to talk to you longer. <laughs>
1: Normally we're at about 30 minutes, but man, we've gone
0: longer. And uh, I know we'll be talking in a couple of weeks or so, but uh, sure appreciate you joining me here on this first podcast of Bud Lamb Talks, Aaron. Take care. Fantastic.
1: All, All right. right. Thanks. See ya. See ya.
0: Well, that about wraps it up. Thanks for tuning in for today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share it with a friend. And for more information about who we are and what we do, check us out at budlam.com. So let's get after it now with all we've got. Take care.